Did you know that you're weird? You're wonderfully weird. Join us for the next few minutes as Drake Hunter, Senior Pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the upcoming book, Wonderfully Weird, helps us to understand how to live that wonderfully weird life to the fullest every single moment of every day. I'm your host, John Waters. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living with pastor and author, Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living, the weekly podcast featuring pastor and author Drake Hunter. I'm John Waters, your host, and uh, Drake, uh, here we are once again uh, on the heels of uh, a message that you gave on Sunday called Paranoid from the Black Sabbath song, Paranoid, uh, but also leading into a very exciting event coming up at Elevating Life Church, and that's the Global Leadership Summit. Oh, yes, excited about, uh, of course, uh, the Leadership Summit. Uh, as you well know, John, my heart is for leaders, and of course, Jesus Christ being uh, the greatest shepherd and leader to ever live. And so here we are on our our second annual. Uh, And and, you know, I'm kind of trying to get through that. Is this our second or our first? Because last year we were First Baptist Church. This (laughs) year we're Elevating Life Church. And so it depends on how you look at that. So I know this. This is our second year to participate together. And uh, what a wonderful event to do together with our team where we can come together objectively and really learn some skill sets of leader and also understand uh, those different uh, areas of leadership when it comes to uh, who we are and how we've been created, how we've been made. So I'm excited. Yes, uh, tomorrow night it begins. Right, and and an opportunity to not be afraid of leadership, but to believe in the principles of leadership. Yeah, the objective side of leadership. Uh, you know, the uh, Jesus said, "I'm always about my Father's business," and of course, we know this when we step into the Christian faith, we are committing to the leadership aspect of life, be it leadership of self, others, or, or an organization. And uh, once we understand our responsibility as individuals, uh, as, as a church, knowing that that is our responsibility uh, and we are the under-shepherds, of course, of Christ, then we step into that leadership uh, position and truly make an impact uh, on the world through Christ and the way life is meant to be, yes? Yes. Well, this podcast being published on Tuesday means uh, if you're listening to it Tuesday or Wednesday, you still have an opportunity to get registered uh, for the Thursday and Friday event and certainly encourage you to do so. Get registered for the Global Leadership Summit because, as we say, uh, everyone is a leader. Everyone has influence. So uh, even if it's just over your own life, you still have influence. That's right. So come and enjoy the togetherness. Absolutely. Well, Drake, um, I mentioned at the outset here that uh, the message this past Sunday, uh, a very fascinating message using the song Paranoid by Black Sabbath um, as uh, a way to set up the the message and uh, how uh, we as Christians even tend to live in a very paranoid state. Uh, even though we have all the promises and all the guarantees of God through Jesus Christ uh, in our lives, but yet we still tend to be very paranoid. Yeah, and we continue to be afraid for whatever reason. Uh, And where Jesus, of course, where you're, you're headed here, is Jesus said, don't be afraid, just 
believe and and of course uh, people uh, in our experience and and connecting that all people we understand that but many many Christians live in that state of fear or they are very paranoid uh, regarding if it's not their own personal life their own world they're paranoid about uh, what's going on in the world and and truly the devil taking over and so uh, we continue to live in this state of fear if you will well, let's, let's start off by talking a little bit about where that comes from and, and why that is. Is it, is it just because maybe we don't truly understand what it means to live in the fullness of Christ? Uh, I do believe that's definitely part of it where uh, we're just not awake yet. Uh, and, and there's some folks that need to have what I, I call an awakening uh, because they continue to subjectively define uh, let's say those belief for those beliefs, those principles, those those viewpoints, uh, based on their subjective understanding or based on their, uh, let's say, family script, tradition, experience, and they are very subjective in in the sense of uh, those beliefs and what happens because it's it's not in the sense complete in its understanding we live in part of that definition or what that belief might be and because of that we live in fear because we don't know and we don't understand which then is the result of us going huh this isn't work it working and then we must ask ourselves is it god or is it us well, they continue to live in the us or the I mentality, and because of that, whatever you focus on, uh, as we see in Colossians 3, will magnify, and we see this this fear, this paranoia, and this, this state of being afraid magnifying in the church, where if we just would be more objective as part of the reason for this uh, this summit that we're hosting this week with leadership. We're trying to get those uh, those objective leadership principles out there so that we don't define them because when we define them and it's our way, then we're living in the state of fear. And then, of course, then we're very defensive in that in that sense where we're now blaming God or we're blaming others or we're blaming the world not realizing that we're in a state of, let's say, defense or fear, and then we're still in this paranoid. And again, we can't come out of it. We need an awakening, John, where it's like, okay, if this isn't working, it's not God's fault. We've got to take ownership, be responsible with that, and truly go after it. Seek the kingdom of God, as Jesus shares with us. Repent, humble ourselves, and now let's go after it objectively. And once we understand that principle in the in the original source, wherever that principle came from in the scripture, then we add our feelings and then we can put our style to it, not the other way around. I think that is the problem where we definitely want to interpret uh, based on our feelings. And I kind of have next week's message on my mind, more than a feeling. And, and that's exactly right, where uh, it's more than the feeling, but in our own let's say self-centeredness, we always want to feel right or we want to like it first. Mm -hmm. Then if the objective comes to us, well, then good. The Holy Spirit did their job, then, did his job then. And so uh, with that um, uh, big issues happening in the Western church because we're just not listening except for our own uh, paranoid self, if I could put it that way. I think many times we want God to show us the whole plan, the whole uh, trip, if you will, the, the entire map before we'll take that first step uh, because we're so afraid that we might yeah. take a wrong step. And that's exactly right. But uh, when, we, when we do that, 
uh, we're going against the words of Jesus in, in Luke chapter 8 where he says, you know what, first and foremost, the beliefs exist. They believe the, the beliefs exist before you, they're going to exist after you. And Jesus makes it very clear, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, believe in what? In those set, set of principles that have been uh, proven uh, again and again uh, through history. We see this in the Old Testament, and then we see it lived out through Jesus Christ, these, these set of beliefs. We call them the Christian set of beliefs. And he goes, just believe. Stop being freaked out. Stop you know, being f- so fearful. And, and as I shared um, on Sunday, quit being on a, this bad trip you're on. Right, right. <laughs> We uh, before we began recording here, uh, you were talking about Peter, yes. uh, the Apostle Peter, as an example, and coming back to that thought of needing an awakening, and and actually uh, uh, Peter from the Garden of Gethsemane through uh, the next uh, through that night is a good example of that of where we're at now as compared to where we need to be. And Peter is a perfect picture of. Someone who's now been in ministry for some time with Jesus. Yeah, one-on-one with Jesus. One-on-one. I I, I mean, he's his face-to-face mentor, uh, living with him every day. And then we see this situation with Peter where he is still in the mode uh, of fear, if you will, or he's still operating and functioning functioning in the form of uh, a defense, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we see what happens when... when, uh, Jesus is taken away in the garden, and Peter becomes angry, and then he becomes extremely uh, uh, defenseful, if you will. And what does he do, John? Cuts off the ear of a Roman soldier. Cuts the ear off. He's very defensive. And folks, you know, this is one of the one of the debates that I'm having with many churches, uh, with many folks that are on the defense. They try to justify, rationalize, and we can see here through this experience now, when Peter cut off the ear of this soldier, what did Jesus do? He said, get behind me, Satan, and then he healed the soldier. He healed him. Offense. And uh, the I'm speaking individually, but I'm also thinking of the church. Defense is not our responsibility, and Jesus shares this he this experience uh, with Peter. Not saying Peter is Satan, but Jesus knows those principalities, those disagreements, uh, distractions, and disorder the devil causes, and he directly to the defense of Peter in in this this very spiritual situation shares get behind me satan there is no room christian for defense it's not our responsibility and we have to get out of the mode as we see peter in after this experience where uh, we're in denial living in denial such as peter where denial is like no 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 that's not true that's not real well if it is true it, it doesn't apply to me uh, just give me my life. No, we're here to create a movement for Christ, and we cannot be in denial when it comes to that. We can't avoid it, and we got to quit rationalizing why we're not doing it, John. Not not you and I, but the mm-hmm. church. And so you can hear it in my voice today, going, "Boy, if we're not living uh, in the defense in the 
in the Western world right now, what are we living in? Right. We're living smack dab in the middle of that. And, and we're seeing that with the very defensive uh, means of uh, how people are handing, handling life these days, where they truly believe violence and fighting and cutting people's ears off, if you will, are the solution, just as we see Peter. And of course, I'll echo Jesus's words, get behind me, Satan. And that's where we have to be and really come out of this stupor we're in, as I shared on Sunday, and truly be awake to first and foremost our responsibility with setting up the beliefs in the Christian faith properly, controlling those with self-control, and then truly uh, living in a way that honors God in all of our dimensions, rather than rather than just in part. So we truly, John, we got to get out of this stupor we're in if we're going to truly make a difference, and we got to do it not individually. We got to do it together. Mm-hmm. And so uh, here we are. We're, we have to make a decision. What are we going to do? And I believe this is my own opinion now, where we're just on the we're on the verge of one way or the other. And if this generation, our generation, doesn't step up and say, "Okay, we're going to do it as Jesus did it," uh, if we do not do that now, hope will be lost in the near future. And we're starting to see that. We don't focus on that. We focus on the healthy way of Jesus Christ because we know that is the answer, the solution, and what we need to do to get out of this paranoid state. Uh, the state, or excuse me, the church, the state of the church lives in. I think we have to be honest with ourselves in order for that to begin to happen uh, and understand. Uh, I don't know as, as many Christians are even aware, if you will, that they're living in that defensive state. It's going to take something to snap them out of it. I use Peter again yeah. as that story continues. Right. Uh, the rooster crowed three times, and then all of a sudden Peter <laughs> snapped out of it, if you will, That, as you mentioned right, before right. we started recording, that awakening. And so uh, what is it going to be? Not that you have the answer or I do, but yeah. what is it that is going to cause that awakening yeah. among the, the Western church? Well, I think I can speak just a little bit to that. It's, it's what's known as reality. Because think of that experience, because Peter already had that conversation with Jesus. And, and of course, Jesus shared with him, uh, you know, when the rooster crows three times, you're going to snap out of this, and you're going to realize the reality and, and the the damage and all of that, but of course, Jesus sharing with Peter, forgiveness, reconciliation, trust, all can come back because in my way, the healing Mm -hmm. happens. But that's where we have to focus on because what happens is we live, again, in this denial and avoidance, but when, as I shared on on Sunday, when somebody looks uh, and experiences you, the reality is you're in a state, uh, you're on a bad trip. And, and that reality we need to wake up to because we can tell ourselves all day long, all week long, all year, like we're doing okay. But in the reality of that, the fruit of who you are is, is the result of one way or the other. You're either in a state of paranoia or you are now living in the way of Jesus with the proper intent, the pro- going after the proper character, where now we're truly doing this together with God and with our neighbor. 
So it's uh, living in that skewed reality of the bad trip, as you were talking about. To us, it may seem like reality, but it's a skewed reality. You know, one of the uh, forms of defense that just came to mind is, I'm I'm sure you've heard the word regress. Mm-hmm. How many people live in this state? Now, regress is just regressing back to something that makes you, um, let's say, feel good. I think of uh, that, uh, that new couple who just got through, let's say, uh, their honeymoon period, and now they're going through some struggles. And then what happens is a husband, when he was, let's say, a teenager, uh, was a, a video guy, right? Whatever that is. And that made him feel so good in that non-reality. And so what happens is we start living in a very defense form. And what happens is rather than truly facing the reality of all of the disturbances and issues, we regress and we go back to a time that makes you feel good. And we're no longer living in reality. And we do that because the mind releases dopamine. So you try to get back and then you become addicted to those different things that release dopamine you go back to a time that uh, i'm just going to get out of this and go play video games or i'm going to you remember that first party i went to uh, i want to get back to that time take another drink of beer and you're always trying to get back to that reality it doesn't exist anymore but the christian or or the person who continues to live in this way they just get deeper and deeper into that regression and then before you know it they're in a temporary state of pleasure or whatever that might be and they're chasing after the wrong things and they're not living in reality so in the sense they're living in the same sense that peter uh was basically living in and rather than they they chop the ear off of uh the reality and they go back to their their the regress state where things were good and we live in the past don't we absolutely (laughs) and so a lot to this uh, of course uh and another thing john is i think we have to wake up to the reality of really life First and foremost, as you all know, we've all been created in the image of God. So we, we do have a dimension of ourselves mentally, and we're responsible how we think. And if we're Christians, we think like Christ. There is an aspect of uh, being physically fit and making sure our body is aligned uh, with uh, those things. Uh, the behaviors and stuff that set uh, that are aligned with, let's say, uh, the beliefs of the Father mentally, so that we're physically in connecting with ourselves and with other people. Uh, another aspect of of life, and I'm just thinking out loud here, as you can see my nonverbals here. I think of the emotional life, where we have feelings, but without self-control. If we don't control those feelings, we just live through that uh, we share those emotions with god or with other people and if they're unhealthy everybody's got to experience uh that uh that bad emotion that toxic emotion then we go all the way through to uh, i think of the social dimension uh, that we live in that's our relationships with one another i don't know if we're awake to our responsibility when it comes to uh living with other people we are to conduct our lives in such a way that we benefit others socially speaking and then of course the last piece i'm thinking of here when it comes to waking up to reality is the spiritual element of a human being in society we cannot be asleep to the spiritual dimension of life and when we are we're asleep we need to wake up to it and the spiritual element as i implied in the message on sunday are those beliefs that exist within us uh those values that we use to truly make 
decisions to go one way or the other. Then I think, of course, uh, the purpose that God has given us. Are we awake to that? And do we truly understand that God? we live objectively in the sense of the purpose that God has given us, not the other way around? And then, of course, we have the dreams that line up with that and the mission, goals in life. That's all the spiritual element. Things above the sun were we're God exists where Jesus, the uh, Jesus, uh, the Son, God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit exists, so that we can truly spiritually go after all of those things in all of those other dimensions I just uh, mentioned: mentally, physically, emotionally, and socially. We have to wake up to our responsibility rather than I'll live in one or the other, because when that happens, we live in part, and we're asleep in the other areas and we miss the mark miserably. And then what happens is whatever you focus on magnifies. And I think of the physical element. How many people live not to die Mm -hmm. physically? How many people spend all their money on going to the doctor? Nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about that is their reality. Mm -hmm. And then all they do is live from doctor appointment to doctor appointment or whatever. It could be mentally. It's so much to that. But... uh, we have to wake up to the reality of, of integrity of our life, if you will, live in all of these er- areas, be aware and be uh, putting, uh, let me say, sets of uh, putting, excuse me, putting ble- beliefs in place where we're truly aligning ourselves with how Jesus did it. So a lot of people say, what do I do? Well, first and foremost, what you need to do. This is the practical side of the podcast now. Wake up. Wake up to this, and as I shared on Sunday, run. I won't say it as loud as I did on Sunday, but we need to run and resist the devil. And then when we do that, when we come together uh, in that, in the sense of true commitment, now as, as a society, as a church community, then we're going to truly go after this and create a movement uh, that this generation has never experienced before. Um, and of course, the devil, Drake, is uh, very aware of what our particular weaknesses are, how uh, yes. he can get us off track, and uh, is very uh, adept at using those weaknesses. We talked about it last week with, with the devil tempting Jesus in the, the wilderness, and he does the same thing with us, and he knows exactly what buttons to push, if you will, to trigger that fear yeah. in us. Pushing those buttons without us realizing it, as mm-hmm. I shared in the story I, I, I shared, because uh, as, as I shared on Sunday, I, I had a, a bad trip, if you will, because somebody slipped me uh, some mushrooms uh, in my weakness. And of course, my weakness being ice cream in that in that story. And uh, I didn't even think twice about it. I really didn't. Uh, she asked me, the, the young lady that did this in, back in my teen years, she asked me, I said, no, I have nothing to do with it. But her slickness, her smoothness, and my weakness, uh, she knew how to get that into me without me realizing it. I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep to her beauty to her uh, mind-altering ways, and then before you know it, I was on that bad trip. And in that alternate reality. So you fell asleep <laughs> to that the true reality, and l- were living in the reality of the beauty and the, the ice cream and all that. 
Right, and and then of course uh, in the in the false sense of me being the superhero as I shared, and some other uh, uh, areas in that experience just wasn't reality. Even though I thought it was, I thought it was uh, reality, and uh, that was my world at the time. So of course I was Batman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Drake, uh, and again we're rapidly running out of time, but. Um, are we able to ourselves, let's go back to using the, the term you use, being on that bad trip. Are we able then to diagnose that or does it need to come from somebody else saying, feed through feedback, yeah. um, you need to look at this. You know, going back to my heart now, temperament, it depends on the personality. It really does because you have those people that are introverted who naturally reflect and are always constantly uh, basically evaluating themselves, self-esteem and all that's part of that. Uh, and uh, one or two things uh, in, with the introvert, they, they will self-evaluate, uh, but if, if their beliefs or their family script or whatever might be holding them back um, may or may not uh, get them out of that mode but typically somebody who is an introvert is also attentive and they 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 listen naturally just a little differently let's say than someone who's an extrovert and then they can snap out of it because there's a quick uh, let's use the word trigger that that actually going yeah i'm on a bad trip however however very few introverts in the sense of personality study about 25 percent of people so 75 percent of the people are now extroverted where you know, oftentimes they're so concerned about other people, that's great, they, they, f they forget to really take care of themselves or really evaluate themselves to say, huh, am I in this state? This is where they do have to listen, let's say in church and come and say, are you really listening to the message? Because our responsibility, John, as that under shepherd is to, with the extrovert, introvert, but is to provide that trigger to wake them up and say, okay, am I a committed and engaged Christian, and if you're in our church, you're committing to this family here, and we have, uh, let's say, the parents of our ministry, such as elders and pastors, I need to wake up to this. I need to listen, because they truly are watching out for my soul. And so the extrovert will, uh, when they're listening, when they're, they can't figure it out, but when they're seeking after God, mm -hmm. as, as Jesus tells us, they'll hear it and they'll snap out of it. Well, let's. Um, we've we've talked about these three questions uh, that we're going to leave with folks uh, throughout the course of our time together here today. But I want to just lay them out there for people so that they uh, have the opportunity to think through them. And the first one is, why are so many Christians, quote unquote, paranoid of truly following Christ? Mm -hmm. That's the first one. Second one. What weakness can the devil use within you to make you afraid? What are your buttons uh, that he can push? And number three, we just alluded to it. Would people in your life say you are on a bad trip? And that comes back to where we started, Drake, with the uh, don't be afraid, but just believe. And that's believing Jesus, believing right. in his ways, believing in those trusted sources, be it pastors, uh, those things that have, those individuals and, and um, books or whatever that have proven themselves to be trustworthy. Yeah. Um, and then allowing those to become the light for the path. Yeah. 
and and let me say those the folks that are going to evaluate these folks make sure that you're evaluating or you're answering that question on what true true bad trip is in the sense of how jesus puts it because oftentimes don't we want to use our own definition Mm -hmm. of what that is because you're not like me no the question is geared to are you on a bad trip in the sense are you in the defense mode of life or are you truly going after this Uh, are you holding the truth and are you moving forward uh, with the truth of god and doing everything you can to be holy to live a good life Absolutely. Boy, as always, there is so much meat on that bone to chew on and and to really delve into. And um, hopefully uh, people who are listening to this podcast will take those questions and truly use those as a jumping off point to uh, dive deeper into the discussion. Now, real briefly, looking ahead, Drake, you mentioned it earlier, the message coming up this next week, More Than a Feeling, of course, the song by Boston. Uh, I'm looking forward. It's always been one of my favorite songs to perform, so I'm looking forward to that part of it. But uh, give us just a a little bitty taste of the message. Well, just as the song implies, it's the Christian faith is more than a feeling. So we're going to be looking at beliefs. We'll be looking at feelings or attitudes that we have towards this uh, Christian faith. And then we're going to be really talking about the behaviors that follow uh, the the belief and the attitude that should line up with with the way that Jesus expect us, uh, expects us uh, to live. And we'll put those standards in place, one being such as conducting our lives in such a way that's going to benefit others or help them transcend their own meaning so they can help other people reach that promised land. All right, that's coming up this Sunday at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan. Of course, we would like to invite everyone to uh, come out and uh, be a part of our worship time together as we prepare for that message. Uh, As always, we want to encourage you, if you have any questions, comments, uh, anything you would like to pass along to us, use our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com, and uh, we would be happy to address those things uh, either personally or through the podcast here. Well, uh, Drake, thank you so much once again for your insight and uh, look forward to next week's program. Right back at you, John. Thank you very much. All right. For Pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters, your host. Thank you for joining us on Wonderfully Weird Living. Find out more about your uniqueness when you get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, available in the fall of 2019. And please email us with your questions or comments at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. Join us again next time as we continue to explore Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us.